This is Angela from Team 3 and it is a sound news broadcasting from the Old Man Studio at Church Street, Portadown. The production is for the week ending Saturday the 25th of February. On behalf of everyone here on the Craigavon Talking Newspaper team, welcome to this week's programme. And so to the stories. The headlines this week are from the Portadown Times, Teachers Take Strike Action, and from the Lurgan Mail, it's very similar, School's Out. Now, over to Jackie, who will bring you the first story from the Portadown Times. Teachers in Portadown have taken part in strike action in a dispute over pay. Teachers staged a 12-hour strike on Tuesday in a dispute over what they earn and the future of the profession, with some saying the action was needed to maintain standards for students. The NASUWT union said teachers are calling for a 12% increase in salaries. Jerry Murphy, Northern Secretary of the INTO Union said teachers hope to encourage employers and the Department of Education to get round the negotiating table. The harm being wrought across the education system due to systematic underfunding over the past decade is a real threat to the future of our children and young people. INTO members and their colleagues in the other recognised teacher unions have had enough. Teachers are reasonable and sensible people and when they are moved to take strike action, then the government should listen. In response to the demands, an Education Authority spokesperson said management side remains committed to continuing meaningful active engagement with trade union colleagues to reach a resolution and ensure our teachers are fairly remunerated. Meanwhile, Northern Ireland Public Service Alliance NIPSA, members at Craigavon Hospital and across the Southern Health Trust who went on strike on Tuesday said fair pay, fair mileage and safe staffing levels were the aims. People are having to pay mileage out of their own pocket, said NIPSA representative Paul Cranston. Teachers are struggling to pay bills and feel like second class citizens said members of teaching unions on the picket line in Craigavon on Tuesday. Teachers at Lismore Comprehensive said the half-day strike was over pay and conditions. We are on strike today because we want better pay, said Mrs Nelson. We also want better conditions for teachers. Mrs Nelson added that teachers here hadn't gone on strike in six years. The rate of inflation has gone beyond 10%, she said, yet our pay has not increased at all. We are living in a once-in-a-generation cost-of-living crisis and teachers are experiencing that in their home as well. What we are asking for is that our pay reflects this. We We would like to have enough money in our bank accounts to pay our bills, Also, many workers are advocating across a range of sectors. Mrs Brannigan, the geography teacher and another union rep said, we know of teachers within our own union who have had to ask for help to pay for oil heating and for the cost of electricity. We are obviously worried every month as to how we can cover our own bills. Food prices are going up. Your weekly shop is increasing and with two young children at home, it is very difficult to budget and ensure you have enough money for every day and to get to the end of the month, you can be struggling by the last week. And it is the same for a lot of members of the public. Brian McFernan, the English teacher, another union rep, said 
The last pay offer was advertised as 3.2%, but as a classroom teacher, I was offered a 0% pay increase amidst inflation at over 10%. So if everything is going up by 10% and above, I am not getting any additional salary and wasn't offered any additional salary. Had the unions not stood firm, then we would have been locked into that for a period of two years. We wouldn't have been able to negotiate and there needs to be flexibility across the board to recognise how important teaching is. Teaching creates all other professions and at the minute I think we are being treated like second-class citizens and this needs to stop. And now for the road to chemist. And as usual, we'll, we will start with Portadown. So, Sunday the 26th of February, the chemist is Hamill's Pharmacy of Thomas Street and it is open from 11am to 12 noon. The following week, Monday the 27th of February, the chemist is Eden Pharmacy of Portadown, open until 7pm. There is no rota chemist in Portadown after Wednesday. Lurgan residents can collect prescribed medicines on Sunday, the 26th of February, the chemist being Gordon's Chemist of Market Street. And again, it is open from 11am to 12 noon. And then from Monday, the 27th of February, the chemist is Partridge's Chemist of High Street, Lurgan and open until 7pm. There is no rota chemist in Lurgan on Wednesday and none in either town on Saturday. A 33-year-old man charged with the murder of Natalie McNally has put on hold his legal bid to be released from custody. Stephen McCullough is accused of stabbing to death Miss McAnally, who was 15 weeks pregnant, at her Silverwood Green home on December 18th. McCullough of Woodland Gardens in Lisburn appeared remotely from HMP McGabry for a planned bail application at the High Court on Friday, February 17th. Proceedings were adjourned until next month to allow his lawyer's time to hold consultations in prison and respond to undisclosed points raised in written submissions by the prosecution. Defence barrister Craig Patton said, The key factor is, because it is an ongoing investigation, there are issues that have arisen since the application in the lower court. Relatives of 32-year-old Ms McNally were in attendance for the scheduled hearing before Northern Ireland's most senior judge. Relisting the case for March 6th, Lady Chief Justice Dame Siobhan Keegan stressed, I don't want a situation where family members and lawyers are attending again on the morning of hearing and the matter is adjourned. A previous court heard McCullough, who works in the local media industry and has a YouTube channel, staged an online gaming stream the night she was killed. Footage appeared to show him playing the video game Grand Theft Auto for six hours. Arrested in the wake of the murder, he had been initially ruled out as a suspect due to the alleged live stream alibi. In the footage, McCullough was said to have told viewers he could not interact with them live due to technical issues. Extensive examination of his devices by cyber experts then indicated the footage was pre-recorded and played out as if it was live. McCullough denies involvement in Ms McNally's murder, but accepted in police interviews that the perpetrated live streams had been recorded days earlier. He claimed that at the time of the killing, he was drinking on his own in his house and fell asleep. McCullough also allegedly interacted with the McNally family in the following weeks. Detectives claim the accused left his phone at the home of the victim's parents and recorded 40 minutes of audio in an attempt to determine if he was suspected of the murder. The case against McCullough includes CCTV evidence from a bus in Lurgan 
and an account from a taxi driver through which police believe they can trace him from the murder scene back to his home in Lisburn. Defence lawyers have disputed the strength of the case against him, contending that he has been charged with murder on the basis of the live streaming inconsistency. Dressed in a grey prison tracksuit, McCullough did not speak during Friday's brief hearing. His barrister confirmed that they had spoken briefly about the new submissions lodged by the Crown, but requested more time for in-depth discussions. There are some issues that have been raised that will require me to consult further with the applicant, Mr Patton told the court. Dame Siobhan agreed to put the application back, adding, It's unfortunate now that people have to go away today and nothing has happened. But I think that is the right approach. If you need time, so be it. Teen reports harassment. The PSNI has appealed to the public to come forward with information after a report that a teenage girl was sexually harassed by two men in Craigavon. Police in the Armagh, Banbridge and Craigavon areas said, We are appealing for information following a report that a teenage girl was sexually harassed by two men in the Drumgore Heights area of Craigavon at around 3.40pm on Monday the 6th of February. One of the men was described as being aged in his late 20s or early 30s, approximately six feet tall, white with short black hair and speaking with a southern Irish accent. A bench warrant has been issued for the arrest of a Lurgan man, Colin Murray, after he failed to turn up to Craigavon Magistrate Court for a second time on Friday. Colin <coughs> Murray, aged 29, from Aylesbury Park in Lurgan, was accused of three breaches of community-based orders. He was subject to following a number of convictions in relation to assaulting police, resisting arrest and criminal damage. The first was in relation to his conviction for assaulting police. At Lisburn Magistrate Court on November 19, 2021, he was given a probation order requiring him to attend probation for one year and six months. He failed to attend or keep in touch or notify probation of any change of address as instructed on three dates, which were October, November and December of 2022. The second and third were in relation to convictions for resisting arrest and criminal damage. Murray was said to have failed to comply with the probation orders on dates in October, November and December of last year. A probation officer informed Craigavon Magistrate Court that Murray, who failed to turn up to court on Friday, had failed to turn up on the last occasion. When District Judge Bernie Kelly asked if the probation officer could connect Murray to the breach summons, which was before (coughs) court, the officer said, I can. She added that she knew of no reason why he should not be there. District Judge Kelly ordered a warrant for his arrest. A man accused of luring murder victim Shane Whitla to his execution in Lurgan is to be released from custody, a High Court judge has ruled. Mr Justice Rooney rejected a public prosecution service appeal on Monday, February 20th, against a magistrate's decision to grant bail to Kevin Conway, 25, of Deany Drive in Lurgan, one of three men charged with Mr Whitla's murder. The victim, a 39-year-old father of four, was gunned down in an alleyway off Woodville Street in Lurgan on January 12th. Prosecutors have claimed he was executed over a suspected drug debt to a crime gang known as The Firm. Crown lawyers contend that co-accused Joshua Cotter, 29, and Jake O'Brien, 27, are the two unidentified men seen on footage following Mr Whitla into the alleyway, where he was shot in the leg and in the back, through to his throat, 
before the suspected killers emerged and fled a minute later. The murder weapon has not been recovered. Cotter, with an address at Madrid, at Madrid Street, Belfast, was released from custody last week, but the PPS mounted a further challenge after Craigavon Magistrates Court decided on Friday that Conway should also be bailed. Mr Justice Rooney was told he had allegedly telephoned Mr Whitler four times before the victim left his home to go to the scene of his death. A mobile phone linked to Conway was also in contact with O'Brien of Churchwalk Lurgan before and after the killing, according to detectives. Prosecution counsel Adrian Higgins said police believe Kevin Conway set up the murder set up the victim to be murdered by phoning and instructing him to go to the place where he ultimately met his killers. This belief is based on the telephone evidence and proximity to the murder. With the shooting being linked to organised crime, the court also heard there was now a credible threat against Conway. Aaron Thompson, defending, argued the case against his client was limited to four suspicious alleged phone calls to Mr Whitler. Mr Justice Rooney ruled, I will grant bail and not allow the appeal. Ordering Conway to lodge a £4,000 cash surety, the judge added, I will review the case in four weeks' time to see if there is any additional evidence police have come up with. A tracker alarm thwarted thieves who tried to steal a digger from outside a Portadown business on Sunday night. A PSNI spokesperson said the attempted theft of a Hitachi digger took place on the Battle Hill Road area at approximately 8.45pm. A number of other businesses in the area had been targeted, the spokesperson said. The suspects were disturbed by staff after a tracker system attached to the digger was set off. Police inquiries are ongoing and any information relating to this investigation, please contact us on 101, quoting serial number 16951902023. A Portuguese man living in Portadown has been handed a three-month jail term suspended for two years after pleading guilty to threatening to kill a woman. Estavo Gomez de Mora, aged 34, from Brownstown House, Brownstown Road, was accused of threatening to kill a woman on October 15, 2022. A PSNI officer told Craigavon Magistrates Courts on Friday, February 17th, that on October 15th last year, at 8.24pm, police received a report from the injured party. She stated that the defendant ran after her car and began shouting at her. She stopped her car due to a dead end. It was then alleged that he caught up with the vehicle and shouted at her, I'm going to kill you. You're a dead woman. You're not going to have a happy life. Demora's barrister, Mr David McCune, said, This is a case where my client has seen red and got very angry. He behaved very badly. He hasn't helped himself by not continuing with a pre-sentence report. He has been in this country for a number of years and this is an aberration for him. With the aid of a Portuguese interpreter, District Judge Bernie Kelly asked Demora if he was still in a relationship with the injured party. The defendant responded that they were separated but were trying to fix things due to having two children together. The district judge sentenced Amora to three months in jail, suspended for two years. A Romanian man, previously imprisoned following a conviction for human trafficking and acting as an illegal gangmaster, was jailed for seven days pending his deportation after a PSNI swoop found him in Portadown. District Judge Bernie Kelly, sitting at Craigavon Magistrate Court last Friday, February the 17th, heard from a PSNI officer that Ewan Lakatus, aged 40, despite having been deported from the UK, had been found at the home of his wife and children in Portadown. The Home Office checks showed that the defendant 
was issued with a deportation order on January 19, 2017, and he was subsequently deported on June 19, 2019, after serving his sentence. As a subsequent to this, the defendant was arrested for illegally entering the UK in breach of his of the importation order. He entered the country because his wife and children remain here in the Portadown area. District Judge Bernie Kelly asked, does he want a flight to Rwanda now? Lakatusa's lawyer responded, no, as he is not making a claim for asylum. The defendant's solicitor said, this is not an asylum case. Judge Kelly responded, I wonder if Mr Lakatus would be as quick to come back if he thought he was going to Rwanda. The PSNI officer told the court, on the journey back to Bambridge custody suite, Mr Lakatus said, before you deport me, I will be back in three days. I go to Romania, then Dublin. Judge Kelly said, She was aware of that, adding, as and until the Home Office has a solution to that particular problem, I don't think there is anything any of us can do about that. They are working on a solution to that problem. It's all right if he is sent back to Romania. It might be a different kettle of fish if he is sent to Rwanda, for then he has to find a way from Rwanda to Romania, which would not be that easy. The judge asked for the defendant's previous record and the prosecutor referred to his conviction for acting as an unlicensed gangmaster dating back to 2014. Judge Kelly said he is not exactly the sort of individual the government are trying to track down and do something about. Judge Kelly the, the police officer said that would be our fear that he would try and start his organisation and enterprise. Judge Kelly imposed a seven day custody order with a £25 offender's levy. After the hearing, a PSNI spokesman said 40 year old Ewan Lakatus will serve a week in custody after he was convicted of knowingly entering the UK in breach of a deportation order. Mr Lakatus received the jail term after pleading guilty to the offence at Craigavon Magistrate Court. He will then be deported from the UK by the Home Office at a later date. And now for the local government news. The DUP's alderman Mark Baxter has told fellow ABC councillors there's hard work ahead to protect the interests of both ratepayers and the borough. After the council increased its domestic rate by 4.83% and its non-domestic rate by 7.57%, alderman Baxter said balance must be kept between keeping increases to a minimum and ensuring the council had sufficient funds to invest in capital projects. Only for the dedicated work of our team and council officers, this rise would have been much higher, he said. That said, to get to this level, our council reserves have been decimated, meaning long-awaited capital projects will now have to wait, and our frontline services will also feel the pressure. The DUP alderman said the local authority must be prepared to take tough decisions in the future. I want facilities and services in this borough that are world class, fit for purpose but affordable. And to that end, every decision we take as a party, whether it be popular or unpopular, we have the ratepayers right at our very own heart. We look forward to seeing Council continue on its journey in creating an area that is an economic driver in Northern Ireland, but we can't continue to expect the public to pick up the tab. Going forward, we must think of new ways to raise revenue, streamline our services and offload unnecessary assets that are financially crippling our borough. Reluctantly, we must accept this rise, but hope it will focus minds in the future. 
We trust others will follow our lead in making this place an attractive place to live and do business. The Never Too Old Club, which meets in Portadown, has been praised by Upper Ban MP Carla Lockhart for the great work it carries out. Mrs Lockhart joined the joyful group in Portadown Masonic Hall, where it meets every Wednesday from 4 to 6pm. The DUP MP said, Across the constituency of Upper Ban, we have a fantastic range of groups who hold regular activities to bring people out of the house, to enjoy social time with their neighbours and build new friendships. The Never Too Old Club for Over 50s in Portadown is a wonderful example of such a group. Held each week in the Masonic Hall, the group provides a safe and welcoming place for the local community to come together to mix, to meet new people. Here at the Never Too Old Club, they can enjoy a cuppa and even a wee dance. Corporate barrister Emma Hutchinson has been selected by the Alliance Party to represent the Portadown electoral area in May's election to the ABC Council. Miss Hutchinson studied law at Trinity College in Dublin before training as a barrister and now she works as a corporate counsel and sits on the Board of Governors of an integrated primary school. She previously stood in the Portadown area at the last council election in 2019. An Alliance Party spokesperson said her local priorities include greater protection for green spaces, promoting integrated education and supporting health and well-being. Ms Hutchinson said, I am pleased to have been selected as the Alliance Party candidate for Portadown. Portadown is a vibrant area with a growing population. I want to be a representative for everyone in our community and believe there is a real opportunity to make history in the district electoral area. Alliance MLA Owen Tennyson said, The previous local election saw Emma double the Alliance Party vote in Portadown and come close to taking a seat. In May, people have an opportunity to make history by returning her as the first Alliance Party councillor for the area. By doing so, they will be electing a progressive, inclusive voice to the one tier of government that continues to function. News that up to 200 jobs are under threat at the America Cold Logistics business in Lurgan has been described as a massive blow for the area. Concern has been raised following plans by the US-based company to restructure the coal storage business based at Silverwood. A company statement said, due to changes in customer demand, America Cold has determined that we must restructure and right-size our transportation business in Lurgan to align with anticipated transport flow going forward. We are proposing a downsizing in fleet and personnel and will be entering a period of consultation with all affected staff. It is expected that the consul period will last no longer than 90 days. We will provide more information as we work through this period. Sinn Féin MLA John O'Dowd expressed his concern, describing it as a very worrying time for the workers and their families. He said this company is a major employer in the Lurgan area and its workers have helped build the company through their hard work and commitment. While it is hoped other haulage companies in the area will take on most of the staff impacted by the job losses, it will remain an uncertain time for many. SDLP Lurgan Councillor Kieran Toman said the news that American Cold was downsizing its Lurgan operation with up to 200 people potentially losing their jobs was a massive blow. America Cold are one of the major employers in Lurgan and many families will be left worried as a result of this news. 
We have seen numerous job losses in Lurgan over recent years, with all too few jobs being created to replace them. This news will have a serious impact on the local economy, which is an already difficult time for many families with the cost of living and other pressures. I will be reaching out to both America Cold and their staff to discuss this decision and to see what steps can be taken to support those affected. It is deeply disappointing that there is no executive or assembly in place to help mitigate the fallout of these job losses and to address the failure to invest properly in job creation in this area for the long term. An Armagh City, Banbridge and Craigavon Borough Alderman has called for councils across Northern Ireland to honour the legacy of women who served in the Ulster Defence Regiment. The call from Alderman Glen Barr comes ahead of the 50th anniversary of the recruitment of women, later known as Greenfinches, into the ranks of the UDR, with the first female recruits starting their enlistment on September 16, 1973. The Ulster Unionist has already brought a motion to ABC Borough Council calling on the local authority to explore the creation of a lasting tribute to the women of the UDR. However, Sinn Féin confirmed to the local democracy reporting service it had initiated the call-in process, meaning the council's decision to support the proposal is to be reviewed. When a decision is called in, the clerk of the council must obtain an opinion from a practising barrister or solicitor to determine if the local authority can legally carry out its decision. Following confirmation of the call-in, Alderman Barr said he was proud to have brought the motion before the council and said the UUP planned to bring similar motions to the floor of every chambers across Northern Ireland. We are approaching the 50th anniversary of the formation of the Green Finches of the Ulster Defence Regiment in July this year, he said. The formation of the Green Finches received royal assent on July 18, 1973, which was the first case of complete integration of men and women in a British military unit, and it proved to be a very successful model. The initial recruitment drive attracted over 530 applications from women whose enlistment started on September 16, 1973. I was delighted to bring a notion of motion to ABC Borough Council to not only honour women who have served their country, but more specifically the women who became Greenfinches of the Ulster Defence Regiment Conspicuous Gallantry Cross. In this significant anniversary year, the Ulster Unionist Party will be bringing similar motions to councils across Northern Ireland to mark the enormous contribution that these brave women made in the, in the defeat of terrorism in Northern Ireland. There is absolutely nothing to celebrate in this region, said Councillor Nelson on Monday, January 30th. Multiple reports, including reports by British state agencies, exposed damning levels of criminality within and cited the UDR as the chief source of loyalist weaponry. UDR checkpoints had terrifying consequences for people stopped by them. Our efforts should be on making clear our opposition to attempts by the British government to legislate in Westminster to give an amnesty to British state forces who killed Irish citizens here. And now to the deaths. Buckley Frederick Ronald, 31st of January 2023. Beloved husband of Carol, loving father to Caroline, Ronald, Rosalind and Gary. Stevens Thomas George, known as Tommy, 18th of February 2023 peacefully at hospital. Beloved husband of Ailing, one the manor ported on, and dear father of Stephen, Dawn and Alice. And now for information and events. Women from all over the world, including many in the Portadown area, will be joining in a day of prayer next month. 
It's World Day of Prayer on Friday, March the 3rd, and the local service will be held in St. Patrick's Chapel at William Street, Portadown, at 8pm. The day has been prepared by the women of Taiwan, described as a beautiful, densely populated island in the Western Pacific, just 100 miles from the coast of China. The day is part of a huge wave of prayer which circles the earth for at least 38 hours. It begins at dawn in western Samoa and Tonga in the Pacific Ocean and ends at dusk in America, Samoa. Local organisers are appealing for a good turnout at the service in Portadown. The first Women's World Day of Prayer service was held in 1933 at Trinity Church, Swansea, Wales. The first service in Northern Ireland was in May Street, Presbyterian Church, Belfast in 1943. Open call for boys' choir auditions announced. Auditions are taking place for the boys' choir of the National Youth Choir of Northern Ireland in Portadown next week. Conductor Alison McNeil, marking the launch of the choir for young singers aged 9 to 11, will be overseeing the auditions. The open call is being held at the Millennium Court William Street, Portadown, on February the 28th from 6 to 8pm. A spokesperson said, successful candidates will be offered a place to join the youth choir family and participate in a three-day course during the Easter holidays at Campbell College, Belfast. The boys' choir will also be giving their first performance on the final day of the course. The concert will be on Friday the 14th of April 2023 at 5pm in the Great Hall, Campbell College, Belfast, an appropriate venue for the inaugural concert. Any singers interested in our open call, please visit our website or contact Christina McQuillan on manager at nycni.org to register. Glenavon boss in an apology to fans. Apologising to supporters, Glenavon boss Gary Hamilton said he was absolutely disgusted with his side's performance in their 3-1 derby against defeat against Portadown at Shamrock Park on Saturday. Portadown went ahead after three minutes through Stephen Taggart and could have been two up by half-time, but for Glenavon keeper Rory Brown saving Catter Freel's 41st-minute penalty. Substitute Alan O'Sullivan netted a second-half brace, either side of visiting skipper Danny Wallace pulling one back for the Lurgan Blues to secure a first Portadown League win since December 10th. The loss means Hamilton's side are on a winless run of eight matches in all competitions and while crediting young duo Brown and Jamie Doran, the Glenavon boss was furious. I'm actually disgusted, he told Glenavon's YouTube channel. I hold my hands up. I'm the manager who picks the team and we've let supporters and the club down massively today. I'm absolutely disgusted with this performance. And a club issues invitation to plan ahead for the centenary. Derry Trasna's Sarsfield GAA Club has issued an open invitation to help it lay early plans for its milestone 100th anniversary celebrations. Based on the south shore of Loch Ney, the club is due to celebrate its centenary in 2026 and has already started planning for this landmark year by creating a new five-year plan. Although a small club, it is brimming with ideas and wants the local community to join in and help organise a special series of events. To that end, the club is hosting a development workshop event on Thursday, March the 2nd at 7.30pm 
and is inviting all of the local community to get involved. Connor Creaney, who is acting as Sarsfield's GAA Club Coordinator for the event, explained, All GAA clubs should plan ahead for the future and we have seen the success of other local clubs who followed the game and the planning programme. It gives a structured approach to developing your plan. The main part of the programme is the club planning workshop where all of the club members and the local community are invited to voice their opinions and give their ideas. Really, the success of the whole programme depends on this first event. For more information, check out the Sarsfields GAA Club Facebook page. And then for my bit, Armagh Celtic travelled to Lurgan Allen Park on the back of a five straight league win, full of optimism as they sat in the promotion spot in the league table before play. The Lurgan hoops started in menacing fashion and quick movements saw great goals from Withers, Two and Lavery. Lurgan Celtic ran out of steam and there was a 3-0 win. Portadown picked up three vital points in their quest for safety as they abide a 3-1 derby win against Gary Hamilton's side on Saturday. An early goal from Stephen Taggart had the hosts well on their way, with Callar Freel missing a penalty kick three minutes before the break. However, substitute Alan O'Sullivan would make it 2-0 on 71 minutes after, with a finish into the bottom corner. The visitors would ensure a grandstand finish through Danny Wallace's strike, but O'Sullivan would have the final say with a clinical effort a minute from time. The victory was only Portadown's second of the campaigns so far, and they now trailed Dungannon Swifts by 11 points in the Premiership standings with a game in hand. Curry confessed that the win over local rivals made him proud. Young athletes from Lurgan and across Armagh have topped the leaderboard in the Flavins Athletics NI Primary School Cross Country League. Finishing first in the girls' race was Gemma Marsden of St Francis Primary School Lurgan, with Emma Rankin from Marlin Village Primary School second and Lucia McMullen, Kings Park Primary School Lurgan third. In the boys' race, Aaron Campbell Cross McLean gained the top spot with Kieran Smith Lurgan second and Brody Hull Lurgan second third. The winning athletes are near training for the final on Friday the 3rd of March 2023 at Molusk Plainfields. Afterwards, the top 20 girls and top 20 boys will be invited to join Flahavans Athletics Northern Ireland Junior Endurance Squad. And in rugby, Portadown travelled to Coleraine for their last away league game of the season, needing just one point to secure promotion. Portadown went into the game only needing one point to secure top spot in the Cookery Ulster Rugby Championship Division 2. They took the lead after a tense start with wing Toby Gribben kicking a penalty to make it 0-0-3. Coleraine scored the first try of the game, which they converted to make the score 7-3. Portadown continued to battle and got the next score with Gribben knocking over another penalty to leave the score 7-6 at the half. Portadown started the second half strongly and started to dominate the territory game. They finally got over the line and got their first try. The Portadown pack dominated the last 20 minutes and got their reward scoring the vital try from a five-metre scrum, with Taylor Tweedy crashing over, taking the score to 12-18. And that's how the game finished, with Portadown celebrating the league win and promotion back to Q1 for next season, one year after they were relegated. Meanwhile, on Saturday, Portadown thirds, who are already in the semi-final of the Ravenhill Cup, 
beat their Oma opponents to reach the semi-final of the McCambly Cup. The thirds were looking to continue their 100% record for the season, but Oma started the game well with strong carries from their for- forwards, but strong down defence kept them at bay. Eventually, a mistake from the Oma hooker led to a loose ball being pounced on by Jack Orr, who showed good football skills to kick the ball ahead and win the sprint to the line. It was converted by Ashton for a 7-0 lead and Portadown continued to hold the edge, with the first half ending 12-5. The second half, however, saw Portadown make their dominance count and built up the points, ending the contest at 31-5. Community provided with new defibrillator. A defibrillator has been installed for the local community living near Mahon Road in Portadown. Turkingtons, which is based in James Park on the Mahon Road, installed the life-saving equipment last week at their gatehouse. James Park is also home to global firm Amazon, as well as McMullen Facades and SBM contracts. A spokesperson for Turkington said, We want to make you aware of the defibrillator at James Park. We have installed the defibrillator, which will be available 24-7 at our gatehouse for the local community. It is an automatic version, Therefore, you do not need train to operate it. You simply need to follow the instructions. While we hope it never has to be used, it gives everyone peace of mind knowing there is one in the local community. Having a defibrillator on hand when someone suffers a sudden cardiac event can quite simply be the difference between life and death, giving them a far better chance at survival. A video has emerged of Portadown's Delta the dog alerting his owner Kyle Murray to people trapped under rubble after the Turkey earthquake, showing the vital role they have played in rescue efforts. Mr Murray went to Turkey with his colleague Ryan, Gary and his dog Max as part of the K9 Search and Rescue Northern Ireland to help find survivors of the earthquake which hit Turkey and Syria. More than a week after the earthquake, which has left more than 46,000 people dead, survivors were still being found. Ryan and Kyle were both at the site in the Turkish town of Antica, where both Delta and Max, as well as another search dog, Ghost, from the SARS team, discovered there people alive in the rubble. They said last Wednesday before breakfast they were called to a site where it was believed people might still be alive. Three search and rescue dogs were put on to the work. Two from our team and one from a SARS team. All three dogs alerted people to be under the rubble. Digging continued and the dogs were brought back in as rubble was removed, continuing to narrow down the area. A Chinese search and rescue team arrived on site with a state-of-the-art device that detects heartbeats under rubble. That machine confirmed a heartbeat, a distance and a direction. Colleagues from Serve on the Elvosar assisted in breaking and breaching the concrete to gain access to those trapped. We had to depart the site at 16.30 local time. However, we had just received word that work is underway to rescue six people, including a two-year-old boy and a three-year-old girl, brother and sister. Kyle revealed that as well as the two children, their mother, a 42-year-old woman, was also rescued from the rubble following indications from Delta and Max that there was life. Canine Search and Rescue NI is not publicly funded and a GoFundMe page has been set up to help. Kyle said many of the international search and rescue teams were leaving as the Turkish authorities moved towards a recovery operation 
and focusing on rebuilding the lives of those who have survived. Road service workers across Northern Ireland have voted overwhelmingly to take industrial action after a 2% pay increase was rejected. The GMB union, which represent the workers, said 94% of their members backed strike action. A spokesperson for the GMB said, facing a derisory 2% pay offer, a huge real terms cut with inflation over 13%, the workers have decided to take action. The workers previously received decent bonuses, but these have also been repeatedly curtailed, further reducing their take-home pay. Alan Perry, GMB regional organiser, said the least any worker deserves is decent pay to get through the worst cost of living crisis in decades. This clear result shows the frustration of these workers. They need a fair pay offer in recognition of their important work. The Westminster government needs to get serious on pay for working people across Northern Ireland's vital public services. Fair pay, fair mileage and safe staffing levels are the top priorities for Northern Ireland Public Service Alliance. Members at Craigavon Hospital and across the Southern Health Trust who went on strike on Tuesday. Mr Cranston said a 4% rise had been forced on staff this year and that was due to be paid from March. There has been no pay rise this year until now, he said, and there is nothing proposed for next year. He added that staff in trusts in Northern Ireland were on salaries significantly below counterparts in the rest of the UK. The NIPSA rep blamed the fall of the Stormont executive, saying that nothing could be done until the politicians returned to the Assembly. There had been politicians on the picket line supporting strikers, he said, but insisted nothing could be done until Stormont was back up and running. A NIPSA spokesperson said thousands of its members in the health service were to take part in the 24-hour strike across Northern Ireland. They included domiciliary care, social work, ambulance workers, administration and nursing staff. Further escalation is expected to follow over the next few weeks with a potential one-day public sector general strike already under discussion. Porag Mulholland, NIPSA Deputy General Secretary, said NIPSA members in the health service are increasing their industrial action at the same time as our sister unions are striking in the education sector. Our combined action is a warning to employers that workers are not prepared to accept real-term pay cuts and the destruction of services. We must have inflation-busting pay rises for all health service workers and an end to the chronic understaffing that puts lives at risk. We cannot have a decent health service if thousands of posts are vacant and the staff are living in poverty. Firm Scoops Qatar Deal Tandragee firm White Oats has secured a half a million pound deal with a top food retailer in Middle Eastern country, Qatar. The £500,000 deal is with Qatar Quality Products, one of the country's largest retail and distribution companies. A spokesperson for White Oats said, building on its existing UK consolidator business, the deal will see White's further develop its export sales with its full range of porridge oats and granolas available in major retailers throughout Qatar, including Carrefour, Lulu and Montpuy. Whites have successfully traded in the Gulf Cooperation Council region for over 10 years and will once again have a presence this week at Gulford, the world's largest food expo in the Dubai World Trade Centre as one of five companies from Northern Ireland exhibiting at the Best NI stand. Stuart Best, White's business development manager, explains the importance of promoting Northern Ireland as an award-winning food region as well as investing time to strengthen relationships 
as the brand continues to expand its growing export base. Our new contract with Qatar Quality Products is an exciting opportunity as we continue to build relationships with our partners and develop our long-term sustainable export growth strategy in the Qatar region. Quality and taste remain the cornerstone of our 182-year heritage. This is supported by our commitment to ensuring the highest standard of food security right across our oat supply chain. And we look forward to bringing high-quality international products to the people of Qatar. White's, which was founded in 1941 by Thomas Henry White, originally from County Waterford, will be exhibiting at the Northern Ireland Stand at Gulford 2023 until the 24th of February. <clears throat> and now, Tourism Ireland has teamed up with former rugby player Rory Best in its latest campaign to promote short breaks and holidays in Northern Ireland for people living in Great Britain. The promotion includes an online video presented by Rory Best, which is part of a wider partnership with The Telegraph and is one element of Tourism Ireland's latest four million multimedia promotional campaign to boost travel from GB to Northern Ireland over the coming months. The theme of Rory's video is Little Stories, Giant Spirit, and it's designed to give viewers in GB a taste of Northern Ireland told by a well-known local and showcase the province's beautiful landscape. Rory, who lives in County Down, filmed at a number of locations, including Fodder Cafe in Finborough Woods, Ardglass Golf Club and Castlewell and Forest Park, where he enjoyed a morn trails and ales tour and a visit to Whitewater Brewery. The video also features footage of Belfast, Londonderry and the Giants Causeway. At Ardglass Golf Club, he met Paul Vaughan, its director of golf, and the pair discussed the importance of golf to Northern Ireland, as well as its historical significance. Ardglass is home to the world's oldest clubhouse, dating back to 1405 AD. In the foothills of the Mourne Mountains, Rory savours the trails and ales tour set up to give riders and beer enthusiasts a day out to remember. The ride through Castlewell and Forest Park and Ainsley Estate offers breathtaking views onto Tullymore Forest Park, famous for being the filming location for Game of Thrones and more recently Dungeons and Dragons. At Finsborough, Rory heads straight for Fodder, a cafe and farm shop famous in these parts for its homegrown seasonal food in a beautiful setting. The video will be shared on Tourism Ireland's social media and digital platforms. The promotion also includes an article in the online version of The Telegraph titled Rory's Northern Ireland. Judith Cassidy, Tourism Ireland's acting head of GB said, Tourism Ireland is delighted to share our latest video featuring Rory Best visiting visiting some of his favourite places in Northern Ireland. It's a great way to shine a spotlight on our spectacular scenery, world-class golf and superb culinary offerings. We hope that the video will inspire viewers in GB to follow in Rory's footsteps and come and visit Northern Ireland in 2023. Some 57 small rural businesses in the ABC borough have received grants totalling more than £155,000 to purchase essential equipment after successfully applying to Dara's Rural Business Development Grant Scheme. The Rural Business Development Grant Scheme was launched in 2022 
to support the sustained growth and recovery of rural businesses across NI after the COVID-19 pandemic. The scheme enables small rural businesses to apply for grants of 50% for capital items up to the value of £4,999. Lord Mayor Councillor Paul Greenfield, accompanied by the Council's Head of Economic Development, Nicola Wilson, recently visited some businesses to learn at first hand how the funding has supported recovery and improved operational efficiency and innovation. He said, thanks to the owners of Anvil Tire Centre, C and J's Animal Farm and Night Design and Fabrication, who took the time to show me around their premises and explain how the equipment purchased is making a big difference to their business. Daniel Weathers of Anvil Tire Centre, Gamblestown, received £4,180 towards the purchase of an air compressor post-lift impact guns and torque wrenches to increase efficiency in processing times and improve productivity levels. Owner Elaine McCree, who owns C and J's Animal Park, took the Lord Mayor on a tour of her petting zoo on the outskirts of Portadown and showed him the laptop, printer and freestanding sanitizer station purchased with her £1,470 grant. During the visit to Night Design and Fabrication in Bambridge, the Lord Mayor met owner Gary McKnight, who explained how his £4,285 grant had helped him purchase a new pillar drill and rotary phase converter to streamline the manufacturing process and increase work capacity. He also purchased IT equipment to help provide a high level of customer service and has been able to recruit a new member of staff. Portadown firm Dawson Manufacturing and Engineering is to contribute 20 new jobs after planning permission for its £8 million expansion was agreed. The firm, which is based at Carn Industrial Estate, already employs 40 people and with its expansion plans agreed, is hopeful of more growth in the future. Upper Ban MLA Jonathan Buckley said, I am delighted to learn that Dawson Manufacturing and Engineering have received planning permission for a major expansion to their facility at Cairn Industrial Estate. This expansion is one of many exciting and ambition projects undertaken by local companies in recent weeks. Dawson's are well established in their manufacturing of bespoke stainless steel and I am excited to see them grow and innovate in a competitive industry. As DUP spokesperson for the economy and business, I recently paid a visit to Dawson Manufacturing and Engineering to see the work they are undertaking and to speak with staff and apprentices about their experiences. Dawson's already boast a workforce of 40 people and it is fantastic that this planning approval will contribute another 20 jobs to the local economy. I wish them the very best as they continue to grow and develop. Sinn Féin's John O'Dowd said it was great news that the firm had secured planning permission to develop a new factory in Portadown. The MLS said it is more positive news for the local economy, workers and families that Dawson Manufacturing and Engineering planned for its new facility to be built within the Charlestown Road Industrial Estate. The move will create another 20 to 25 jobs as part of an investment of between 8 and 10 million. Currently employing around 40 people, the engineering firm envisions that a new state-of-the-art factory will enable further growth and facilitate the development of new products. And so we have now come to the end of the recording for this week. There was a lot of news on various strikes, the creation of new jobs in the area and a heartwarming story of the work of the Northern Ireland Rescue Dogs. We give our thanks to the team of volunteers who edited and recorded this week and to Mackles for collecting the Portadown Times and Lurgan Mail for us and to the Presbyterian Church for the use of the studio. Editing the news this week were Paul and Ken, our technician was Michael, 
and reading with me was Jackie. So from the newsroom at the Old Manse, this is Angela from Team 3 signing off. We want to thank you for spending time with us and all our good wishes for you for the week ahead. Team 3 will be back in four weeks' time. Can we just say, please remember to return your wallets. And this is the Sound News is a Craig Avon Talking newspaper production. Thank you.